0: Hello and welcome to Beard Gamers, the podcast where we normally play through a board game while drinking as much beer as we can. Unfortunately, due to that bitch Winter Storm Evelyn, we are not able to meet on our regular recording day, so with me today
1: via Discord is only Nelson. Nelson, what are you drinking? Today I am drinking Brewer's Pale Ale, the Nelson Hop Blend. Pretty obvious why I'm drinking it. Uh, This comes from Anchor Brewing. It is a, uh, according to the label, it's an aromically complex double dry hop American pale ale. The Nelson hop blend has a bright citrus peel and fresh hop aroma balanced with a slightly sweet finish. I saw this in a build your own six pack over at Ray's Wine and Spirits down the road from my house. Had to have it because it is the Nelson hop blend and I'm very, very happy with this purchase. Um, Anchor Brewing looks like it was established in 1896 in San Francisco. Um, it's exactly what it's described as it's light, it's citrusy, it's pretty hoppy as well. Um, but that's what I like in an APA. I I like that kind of bitter punch in your fucking face. Um, and the citrus part definitely gives it that crisp kind of a bite. This would be a perfect, um, you know, like a summer, a summer beer, uh, when it's really hot outside. Although I think you could probably have two, maybe three before it would just be kind of too much. So, it's, it's very, very good, but it's also kind of rich, I guess, if that makes sense in, in beer parlance. Um, definitely recommend it, though. Really like it. I could see that. Okay. That's what I'm drinking. Um, <laughs> and I'm
0: sitting here in a room by myself, sadly drinking uh, Hoptronics Double India Pale Ale by New Holland Brewing. I don't remember which uh, game we played that I had this beer, but not being a huge, like, IPA... I'm I'm a big fan of this one. Um, I I only got it originally because of the eight uh, bit themed. Uh, which eight bit game do we play it for? Anyway, it's got a Space Invaders themed label. Was it uh, and,
1: Was it Dungeon Master? No, we didn't play Dun- Pixel Glory.
0: No, we picks it probably was Pixel Glory. Either way, this beer is by New Holland Brewing, and. It is, let's see, Optronics one-ups up uh, one ups the game with its eye-popping bitterness. Mosaic hops give this IPA a dank aroma, yet it finishes smooth and crisp. And honestly, the, uh, the finish to this beer is what I really like because normally IPAs, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that I have to taste whatever one I had the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> this one, it's enjoy the beer now if you want more go get more we're not going to we're not going to force it on you the rest of your day
1: yeah i really uh i've had that before i oh. i think the first and only time i've had that was at uh sausage fest 017 and <laughs> and it was yeah. it was really good I, I i liked it a lot um i think it was shortly after you had it for whatever game it was you had it for uh, and that's why we had it up there in the first place and i i started and i couldn't stop it's a really good uh, pale ale. Well,
0: I know I I know I bought it, and then I didn't have any that weekend. I drank other stuff, but
1: I definitely had some for you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Much much appreciated, and you're welcome. <laughs> so, leading off, instead of playing a board game, we're going to talk about some games. Uh, Nelson, you've got some uh, discussion questions for us to uh, kind of run through.
1: Yeah. So, you know, um, given what we have to deal with here, due to the weather, you know, like like you said, it's going to be you know, a one-on-one kind of casual discussion format about things we like and don't like and look for in games. Um, and I think the first topic that we'll get into is um, different genres. So, you know, what, ah, yes. what genres do you like? Are there certain genres that you dislike and you try to avoid? Um, for me, I love anything that has kind of like a fantasy and an RPG element to it. So, you know, that's also what I look for in my video games, um, you know, and I guess that's a different story for a different uh, <laughs> podcast, but I I really like fantasy and it doesn't have to be, you know, Knights and Dragons kind of fantasy or, you know, um, Tolkien yeah. f- or Tolkien fantasy, you know, I mean, it, <laughs> it can be, you know, Fallout um, or, you know, even Betrayal at House on the Hill kind of fantasy, you know.
0: You can't go wrong with dystopian,
1: right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Fallout's my favorite, you know, series as far as dystopian universes go. So that I guess first and foremost, when I sit down to uh, play like a pretty involved board game, I'm looking for something that's going to give me RPG elements. I can, can my character grow? Right? Is there a certain
0: okay? Is there a certain you need that campaign?
1: Right? Yeah, I want a campaign. I want a sense of purpose. I want to know, you know excuse me why are the adventurers here what what did we do to get here how do we know each other do we know each other what's what's yeah. my backstory what's their backstory and then I, I want to be able to see my character grow throughout the game whether it's through um, increasing stats you know by you know whether it's like an experience point grind or or things like that um you know yeah. I, I, I want you- something that I can see kind of grow as I play.
0: Are you a big fan of deck builders then? Because you get that full growth and experience throughout an entire game. But it's it's that full I'm gonna start with just, you know, my base level one thing and I'm going to build it and build it and build it up until the very end. But it it's like the truncated experience of an RPG or that fantasy delve where you're not getting all of it, but you're you're covering the same distance.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a that's definitely something that I like. Unfortunately, my um, experience with deck builders is not as bi- as how do I want to say it um, robust as I would like it to be. Um, I really, really liked when we played Pixel Glory. I thought that was a really fun deck builder. I like
0: that one, but I don't consider that one a deck builder. That it has a drafting mechanic at the beginning of the game. Yeah, I
1: guess you're right. It's but not it's a-
0: not. It's not meant to be a full deck builder. And I'm like personally, I am not a fan of deck builders when ascension and uh what was it? dominion and a bunch of those other deck builders when those became popular uh, a couple of years ago everyone started putting out deck builders and that genre of game just got so oversaturated for me that I got sick of it you know even even reskin ones that had like neat you know co-op mechanics like sure. uh, legendary it was every single game is exactly the same here's your 10 to 12 cards draw your five or six do one thing on your first turn do one thing on your second turn third turn maybe you drew one of those new cards who knows and it just it was such a slow build from the exact same starting point with every single game that i'm just burned out somebody asked me today if i've played clank which is also a deck builder. And I said no. I'm. I haven't tried it yet. I haven't even bought a copy, which is rare for me because I buy everything. Yeah, your collection but... <laughs> is rivaled by no one. <laughs> I I'm a hoarder when it comes to games, and that's a real problem. But I'm I'm trying to be more controlling, and sometimes I will just put my personal bias on games like that. I it might be a fantastic game. I'm just not in the mood for deck builders for probably the next two or three years. Yeah, I've been burned out that much.
1: Well, and I guess you know deck builder to some people is different than deck builder to others and i you know there's different kinds of deck building and the the oh, games absolutely. the games you're specifically talking about like i said those are the ones that i personally don't have a lot of experience with but i can definitely okay. relate to and see why they would lead to quick burnout um it's not like I'd wanna sit down for a board game night and the only thing we play is deck builders. Like, you know, I'd wanna shoot myself yeah. in the fucking face if I was stuck doing that. Um you know I
0: think I think the issue was <laughs> the idea of the deck builder was here is a self-contained group of cards. So if you like magic, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, you're gonna enjoy this because the, the point of it is all that in between time of getting your deck ready to play. And you don't have to keep buying stuff. It's everything comes in the box. But then they started putting out expansion after expansion after expansion. And when your board game collection for one game starts to rival, like, a standard Magic deck or, hell, even approaching the costs of a modern deck, you've kind of defeated the purpose of the self-contained, you know, unit at that point.
1: Well, yeah, right, exactly. And then that's all. it slowly becomes—it's not just a deck builder. Suddenly it's a CCG which is exactly what Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> Pokemon Magic are. And that's what yeah. and those are the kinds it turns, of, uh you know it turns your game
0: collection into a collectible game with no resale value.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Whereas on the Magic or the Pokemon market, you know, there actually is a reason to collect because they hold value. You know, certain cards hold significant oh, yeah. value and other cards still hold value, you know. Um so there's a reason for for these things and I guess that's kind of a long way to get around to uh, if i'm playing a deck builder i prefer uh, a customizable card game obviously you know we've played a couple games of magic on the show and that's one that you and i have both been playing for you know 20 years over 20 years yeah i I was gonna say
0: but like two two two-thirds of my life
1: right dedicated exactly and (laughs) you know um you've been you've been in it that entire time, I, there's been a few times where I phased out and come back in. So your collection is far more vast than mine, but I mean, you can tell just by looking <laughs> at our, at our collections that, you know, it's a, it's a hobby, but it's also like a, a passion. It's just something that's very, very, I don't know. Yeah. There are so many different levels. There's different. And within that particular game, you know, say you're playing magic. One of the uh, um, appealing things to me about that is yes, it's a deck builder in essence, but I can build many different decks for many different themes, right? Oh, yeah. So, I, like you were saying, standard, modern, EDH is my favorite multiplayer format. You know, you can do that. Uh, mm-hmm. You could tell everybody, "Hey, guess what? We're playing Popper." So, you know, your deck has to be built with commons. Like, there's just all these different yeah. ways to kind well, of. And the
0: thing, and the thing about that is, and I just watched an interview with uh, Richard Garfield the other uh, couple of weeks ago for the before Dominaria stuff was released. And he was saying the big inspiration for Magic, or at least like his Eureka moment, was that whole idea that not everyone has to have the exact same starting point, the exact same deck of cards. That was the interview and he did I,
1: with uh, Mero, right? Yeah. Yeah, I watched that too, and I I, I latched onto the same thing. I thought that was such a yeah. great... And I I don't but, mean to cut you off. I'll let you finish what he was saying. But no no no. I well I was that just too. gonna say
0: because I I want <laughs> to I want to wrap up ragging on deck builders. But yeah yeah. <laughs> if 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 there was more of a deck builder that it was, if the starting point was asymmetrical like that, that you could get a unique experience from the very beginning. Not hey the first three turns are always going to be the exact same monotonous piece of what you know garbage that I think it is anyway then maybe yeah. i'd be a little bit more apt to it but it's that genre has been very popular so maybe i'm just wrong but since we uh, since the original question was likes and dislikes of genres and i i've been ragging on uh deck builders what uh, pick one that you think you like the best and one that you think you dislike the most
1: a deck builder that i no 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 or... no 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 a genre oh, of game just a genre okay um
0: my dislike my dislike is deck builders nelson what do you hate
1: (laughs) anything that's well and i guess uh, i'm gonna you know the first thing that pops in my mind is to say something that's like super dice based but then i feel like i'm kind of shitting on risk (laughs) which i love risk but there's a strategic element to it on top of it like Um, I've, I've got notes on that actually when,
0: for one of your later discussion questions when we get into mechanics,
1: you know, so I guess, and I guess it's more of a mechanic issue than it is a genre issue. Um,
0: uh, you know, I will, I will cut in with my, my likes, um, secret movement, diplomacy and bluffing. Yeah. If I can get, if I can get a game where. Everything is secretive, and it all comes down to just that, like outmaneuvering. When we, because uh, if if this releases the way I think it'll release next week, we play. They come unseen. Absolutely love that game. Huge fan of that one. Huge fan of Escape from the Aliens Outer Space. Oh yeah. Also by Osprey. Also by Osprey Publishing. Also Secret Movement. Um, we it wouldn't work for us to do um, Scotland Yard, which if you've played that one. Secret I haven't, movement. but it's on my list.
1: I want to play that so badly. Yeah,
0: it's it's kind of bluffing, but it's more just outmaneuvering your opponents by either providing no information or controlling the amount of information you re, you actually give out. That's another. I think that general aspect is why I enjoy the secret movements as well as bluffing and diplomacy games like um, Secret Hitler or. Uh, the resistance. Because, yes, it's subjective in that other players could or could not figure out what you're doing, but it's pure strategy in that you know the amount of information going into a game. You can use what's going on to gather as much information as possible, but you control how much information you are taking in and giving out, and using that information alone, you have to beat your opponents with no dice rolls, just negotiation and strategy.
1: Yeah, and I, um, you know, later on, I Secret Hitler's actually on my list to single out. Um, you know, <laughs> social deduction games, depending on who you talk to, you get a pretty big knock because, oh, they're all the same. Well, y- yes and no. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you have a good group of people to play with, they're not all the same. Um, and the good yeah. ones have mechanics that set them apart, like Secret Hitler oh, yeah. and the fact that You know, uh, there are mechanics later that allow you to literally eliminate players from the game. You know, I mean, yes, I I really enjoy resistance as well. But that's one of the mechanics I think that kind of puts secret Hitler on a tier above the other social deduction games in that you can start eliminating players. And if you know what you're doing and you're able to manipulate, if you're playing as an evil character. Yeah. And you're Um, able to manipulate well, you can start knocking off good guys. (laughs) um. Yes, which I've done. Um, If you haven't
0: played it, there is a game, uh, Crossfire, not to be confused with Shadowrun Crossfire, which is a deck builder, but it's one of the exception deck builders that I'll actually play. Um, But in Crossfire, it's another social deduction, good good team versus bad team, secret roles, secret (laughs) objectives. However, during the setup phase of each game, you are required to look at your card and then pass it to a player on your left. So you know what you had and you know what they get. Then there is a slightly complicated the first time you do it process of every third group in the game shuffles up and redistributes their cards. So you can keep track of that information and it gives you a leg up based on, okay, what do I know? What did I see? Where do I know it has to be? And what are other people claiming? So if you're not really good at reading people outright it does give you hard physical evidence to go based off of so that you don't have to just rely on, well, I think Jeremy's lying, you know?
1: <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I have to agree with you. Anything that's using kind of, you know, when I feel like I can use my own cunning as a mechanic, <laughs> um, oh you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. my own... God, can I manipulate the people at the at this table? Uh, I, I really like yeah. that. Um You know, I'm still trying to think of how to if there's a specific genre um that I dislike, and I guess it's rather than a specific genre, it's kind of more of a theme and kinda of like what you were saying with deck builders and how they cause burnout, um, for me it's it's zombies. Uh oh yeah. You know, like so many people have a constant hard-on for dead of winter and it's it's fun <laughs> the first time but whenever that's all T- anybody wants he to just he's
0: just gonna be real upset when he hears yeah that dead of winter is one of his favorites and
1: i think it's a great game i'm not <laughs> knocking it i enjoy playing yeah. it but it's one of those games that when it came out it's the only fucking thing people wanted to play and it, it's just yeah. dead of winter dead of winter but then oh guess what now here's a, walking dead, a you know, a walking dead licensed spinoff and here's this and here's that. And here's zombie dice. So, Oh, there we go. There's zombie and dice together. Wonderful. You know, like, and that's, this is just <laughs> yeah, personal just, preference. Just, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that they're no, all shitty games. This is just me personally. No, no.
0: And that's fair. But there's, I, I understand there were a lot of games that they just skinned with the zombies. Right. I just got zombies. Like the zombie they're not bad yeah. games.
1: It just gave me fucking burnout because everything <laughs> was zombies it's like when oh, yeah. everybody was like, "Oh, pirates and ninjas." Like, yeah. and then everything was fucking <laughs> pirates and ninjas.
0: You know, like I I I do have pirates versus ninjas in my basement, but that's more of a dice roll abstract strategy game.
1: Well, right. And that again, that was cashing <laughs> out a aimed- theme and later on, guess yeah. what? I'll play it when the, you know, like now I'll turn around, I I'll, I'll play Dead of Winter tomorrow, but I yeah. needed a break from it. You know, so I guess maybe I shouldn't even say zombies, but just oversaturation of specific themes is what really turns me off and burns me out. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think the only thing that I've never really been burnt out on is magic, but I guess magic doesn't really always have a cohesive theme, you know, because they, they visit different planes and share different tribes and things come up, but then they're gone for a while. And I guess in that game, it's different than sitting down to play a board game for two hours where, oh, my God, we got to survive another zombie apocalypse, you know, and I don't know, maybe I'm (laughs) just being a a bitter asshole. But that's kind of (laughs) when I think about things that like kind of turned me off, it's
0: it sounds like a beer we would have on the
1: show. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Bitter Asshole IPA.
0: (laughs) Because, I mean, we've had Bitter Woman, so why not Bitter Asshole? Might as
1: well. It's the next logical step. Speaking of which, I'm about Mm -hmm. to crack a a new one here. Uh, There it is. Um, What do we got? This is Mexican Lager from City Lights Brewing here down in in Milwaukee. I've seen this all over. I've never had it, so I'm about to take my first try. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah? Yeah. That's like... If Corona actually tasted good. Um, <laughs> it kind of makes me think of a, a higher class Dos Equis. I'm a huge fan of Dos Equis Amber. Not a huge fan of Dos Equis. If I had to choose, I'd take uh, definitely take um, City Lights Mexican Lager over Dos Equis any day. Um, nice. Yeah, this is good. I could definitely <laughs> just... I think the palmes and eat chips and salsa. <laughs> <laughs> I think the
0: last Spanish beer I had was when I was in the Dominican Republic and all I remember is on the can it said the Spanish word for beer and it tasted terrible. So, <laughs> just just cerveza p- <laughs> plastered everywhere I, yeah, on the label. Yeah. It was like Royal Cerveza or something of course and Royal it Cerveza is. Light or
1: something <laughs> like that. Royal Cerveza with cheese. <laughs> yeah. It's Queso down there, sir. Oh, yeah. Royale with Queso. <laughs> Royale <laughs> with Queso. Um, all right. Well, that's enough bitching about game genres. Um, okay. So now we'll move on to mechanics that we like and don't like. Or, you know, I was also thinking about things that are kind of, um, you know, unique and memorable. Um and I actually have in my notes. It's funny that we talk, you know, that we kind of shit on deck building in some regard. But, oh yeah. Um, one of the things. And now you're going to talk about how you like them, right? But I'm. going to talk granted. about two specific building deck games. Okay. And those are Magic and Pokemon. I, I grew up playing those. Uh, well, those aren't deck building games. Well, those right. Are collectible they're collectible card, card games. games. So I like, but the deck building aspect of those games is what I'm saying.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I like, um, you know, one of the things that I really like about um magic and and pokemon in particular um are are the different character types right so magic you know there's there's dragons there's vampires there's wizards there's cats there's merfolk you know anything you can think of yeah and in, and then there's also you know black red green blue white cards well in
0: I think I think there's only one trilobite card currently in magic is there? Yeah, I think there's only one so ah, far. Interesting. Cuz cuz people people have been joking about trilobite
1: <laughs> tribal Oh, that's funny. Um, (laughs) But then, you know, and then Pokemon has, just like in the actual, in the the game, uh, the Game Boy games, um, you know, um, psychic, grass, water, fire, electric, ground, you know. So there's all these different ways that the the strengths and weaknesses come into play. Um, Mm -hmm. Specifically in Pokemon, you know, you think of the strength weakness aspect and then just the, the how the different colors in magic represent different types of magic and how different things represent you know the different colors are played different ways red is super fucking yeah. aggressive and they're burn spells, they're quick creatures get in your face, blow your shit up right away and blue and white are like the opposite, they're like fucking, whoa hold on, We're, blue is gonna control the board, they're gonna slow play the shit out of everything and white's gonna go a little slower, it's gonna defend and it's gonna gain you life, you know um,
0: See, and I would, I would say that's apples and oranges because the elemental aspect of Pokemon is a complicated version of rock, paper, scissors where there are strengths and resistances based on your position in the, you know, Spock, Lizard, Scissors, rock combination. True. Where, whereas Magic's colors are thematic but not rules and does not dictate interaction between colors. Well,
1: true, because even if you go back to when Magic first came out and they have the color wheel and it's like oh look at the color wheel and you can see what colors complement each other and what colors don't play well yeah. together yeah and when they say well, friendly colors now. and
0: enemy colors yeah what well, when they say friendly and enemy colors they don't refer to how the colors technically work together they refer to their relationship on the the color wheel itself which right. now could be considered arbitrary like yes they keep it thematic but it doesn't dictate any of the rules of interactions
1: within the game right exactly i mean think i think about like okay well you know black and green now like you know um, elf, elves and zombie elves and or elves and zombies and you know all the way, you know the the NIssa decks that you could run that were green and black or you know, I mean, you could pick any yeah. color uh, juxtaposed and and go that way. So um, and I guess that kind of goes into my next um, like that I have on here is you know strategic planning. So in magic, that's what you're doing when you're building your deck, but it's also what you're doing while you're playing because you know what you're holding, your opponent doesn't know, and vice versa. So you don't know what they've got, you know. And, and yeah. again, going back to to control and counter magic. Well, okay, I see that he's leaving certain lands untapped. Does that mean he's got cards? You know, does he have counter magic? You know, is he bluffing? It's almost like poker at that point. Yeah. You know, there's so many different levels to it. So that's a those are those are features and mechanics um, that I that I really like. And like we touched on just before. I also like the social aspect of games. I want to mm-hmm. I want to talk to people. I want to bullshit. And <laughs> I want to manipulate. I want to lie. I want to know if you're lying. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I want so to
0: outthink you. And I right. want to catch you trying to outthink me.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I I like that a lot. That's exactly what I'm doing. I want to use my superior intellect because I am a fucking supervillain and I want to outthink you while you think you are outthinking me. I want to lull you into a false sense of confidence and then just I am fucking the smartest. rain blows down <laughs> upon you and make you nice. feel not smart. Um
0: Well, and when I when I was going through for like games and mechanics and likes and dis- dislikes I think I definitely put more emphasis on the what I don't like about gaming. <laughs> but that's just my because again, I, I like I said, secret movement, social deduction, bluffing. Huge fans of those, but those are I would say more abstract or subjective or yeah, subjective game mechanics. Yeah. But on top of that, there are games like that use those objective game mechanics that I cannot stand. Um like the ones that came to mind immediately code names concept spyfall I don't know if you've ever played any of those but it's all just okay can I get you to guess stuff It's like charades most of it's like charades
1: yeah, it's charades it's pictionary it's all the basic party games. Um, I agree with you if I'm sitting down for a game night the f- with serious gamers right people who I yeah people who kind of want to play the same shit I do. If I'm playing with a group like that, the last fucking thing I want to play is games like that. But if yeah. I'm playing with some people who want a more casual night, I, I do own code names. I'll play it. Um, it's I, I I own a copy by, too. By I no, own every
0: single game that I've listed off that I don't like. Right
1: well, right. And I think I've played most of them with you as well. And you know, by no means does that mean that neither you or I will ever play those games. I think it's just well, it's not really my preference—it's not in my wheelhouse. I'll play it if it means getting other people interested in games. But yeah. I also don't want to dedicate my entire night or my, you know, all my time that I have to play to those games. Or at least I don't want to dedicate my time to them all that often. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I—those I, are yeah. those are good examples. Another one that comes to mind is. You you play them as, like, foot in the door for other
0: gamers. Right, exactly. You want, you want to get them into the good games, but in the meantime, you put up with the games you don't like for their benefit, Right,
1: and actually one of the games that I'm done putting up with is Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> I'm, oh, God, yes. I'm, I'm done. I tried. It's just, it's not a game. If I'm going to play a game where I'm going to try to be the most, like, Vulgar, dirty, vile bastard at the table, I'm gonna play joking hazard because that's actually funny. Yeah. <laughs> In my opinion. Cards Against Humanity is like, how many different ways can I write the word come and try to shock my mom? You know, like it's just <laughs> fucking it, oh it had God. its fifteen minutes went, and then it just didn't
0: die. And actually it's I went to I went to a Christmas party with my wife's co-workers. <laughs> and it was all people in their 40s and 50s. She was we were the youngest ones there and they're like we're going to play this hilarious game and I'm like cool, I'm going to just sit here and watch. <laughs> and it was the most awkward fucking experience of them going, "I don't understand what Mecha Hitler is." And I'm like, "Okay, well in in Godzilla mythos there's Godzilla and then there's Mecha Godzilla who is the robot version. So they're implying a giant robot Hitler." Well, that's that's not that funny. I'm like, I fucking know. (laughs) But having having to explain some of those like vulgar slangs to 40 and 50 year olds who thought they were having a good time. Right. When someone,
1: when when your mom sits down and asks you what smegma is, it's like, okay, this is over. Uh, And I, I, you know, there are some, what's a, what's a glory hole? Well, (laughs) Well, grandma, a glory hole is, no, I, and you know, like there's one card that I can't get out of my head that I think is actually funny, and that's uh, Rush Limbaugh's Soft Shitty Body, <laughs> just, just because that sounds wow. like something I'd have come up with on my own, because I fucking hate that guy, but um, I hate that game, I'm over it. I, But I, I would honestly just spend like five minutes Googling, you know, curse words. Right, and then I'd be done. <laughs> I'd yeah. get my kicks and I'd be like, alright, good, I didn't have to play that fucking game. Um, poop poop in a bucket <laughs> it doesn't belong in a bucket that's hilarious Yeah, midget poop in a bucket that's even funnier because it's a small person God, I can't... yeah um, but just that lowest common denominator yeah yeah so like i said fuck that game give me joking hazard because joking hazard is fucking hysterical because <laughs> who doesn't love cyanide and happiness um oh absolutely and if we're talking about other dislikes like i mentioned earlier uh dice dependency and just luck based games if I <laughs> um, I
0: have that down as a note as well. The game Dungeon Roll.
1: I don't know if played. you've ever played that. No, one.
0: it's it's a dungeon delver, but it's just dice rolls. But it gets into my issue of random versus probab- uh, probabilities. It's one of okay. those where there's not enough dice rolls in it that it is just random. Yes, you assign the dice. There's a reroll mechanic that's not very good. Like at least Yahtzee.
1: You get to keep dice and re roll a couple of times. Yeah, like King you know, of Tokyo. So. I love King of Tokyo, but I fucking hate yeah, dice rolling. There's
0: <laughs> there's enough there's enough dice rolls and enough mechanics in the game to offset just the random nature of it. Exactly. That that you can, you know, you can affect the probability of the game. Because again, I like dice rolling games. I'll play risk every opportunity depending on who's playing with me. Yeah, fuck that guy. But
1: Fuck that guy. We, we know who you we are. We know who we, and you know who you are. <laughs> and that's the problem but with yeah, Risk. That's... I mean, it's such a fun game, but when you're attacking or defending, you get one fucking roll. And yeah, it's great that the tie goes to the, the defender, so they get a little bit of help. But when you got a guy who only rolls sixes every time you play the game with him, <laughs> and you can only roll three or lower, <laughs> it fucking <Yeah>. sucks. <laughs> it does. I've seen it. Several times. Yeah, me too. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so,
0: yes. Di- so, again, dice rolling in a game is not terrible in itself as long as the game has either enough dice rolling that the probability balances out in
1: the long run. Yeah.
0: Because that was one of the issues I came across when I, was, when I was working on Satellite. I didn't want to have to rely on dice rolls completely just because there is that random nature. So the number of dice rolls needs to be greater or there need to be other mechanics in place to offset them. To offset them, yep. So, yeah, so that it's not just probability, or it's not just random nature dicking someone over. It's, okay, well, this is what the dice average should be rolling, you know, 100 times. The game should reflect that in its modifiers.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And actually another thing that, um, you know, had its moment in the in the sun and is really fun if done right and not played every fucking time you sit down to play games to me is the um the traitor mechanic so i think um specifically like sh- shadows <laughs> over camelot right where you you can you can deal exactly as many cards as there are players you can you can have more cards in the deck for even more randomness you know whatever maybe yeah. somebody's a trader, maybe they're not um betrayal at house on the hill betrayal at Baldur, you know well i should say the betrayal series right um yeah where there's uh a traitor mechanic that's and that one's cool because that's at least nobody knows at the beginning of, at the beginning of the game there is no traitor it, that yeah, happens it's inherent, it's,
0: it's inherent to the game everyone's on an equal footing right
1: exactly so but there's also something to be said to starting off the game as a traitor and like like shadows right that's another one where when you start off as the trader it's like all right well how can I manipulate these these people into not catching me until the latest possible moment where they've they can't come back. Yeah. Um you know so there's Sand- when sandbagging and masking it as incompetence. Yeah exactly. So when it's done well it's a ton of fun. But again I don't want to sit down and play four trader games in a row. Yeah, you know, I guess is how I look at it. And another one that I had a lot of fun with, that's kind of a different, <clears throat> excuse me, take on the traitor mechanic, would be uh, Burke's Gambit. You know, and that's one that we've done just like Shadows over Camelot a- as a as an episode already. Um, and the traitor mechanic in that game is a lot of fun, and I like how it's 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 a traitor mechanic. It's social deduction. It you know is this guy lying to me when he does a scan and he sees that this person is infected or not infected. And, you know, there's a lot of levels to it. So I think, uh, Burke's gambit, it's a lot of fun, especially with a group of people who all who feel the same way about trader games and deception and secret identity. And, you know, if you get somebody who's not invested in it or doesn't care or doesn't know how to play and doesn't have fun with it, then those games are complete shit.
0: See, and that's a double-edged sword for some. A lot of those games, because generally, most of those like traitor, betrayal game – or not like, but not the betrayal series, but like Burke's Gambit, uh, Crossfire, Resistance, Secret Hitler, they're shorter playtimes. Right. Yep. And the the benefit of that is, if somebody is really good at the game, they can win quickly. They don't have to like worry about get the game getting dragged out, and then like their secret objectives being, you know exposed early the downside of that is you can get players who are not invested in the game because if they're not going to win they immediately default to so what we're just going to play something else in a few minutes i'll just sit back and wait yeah because you're not invested in that i i had to deal with that in my private uh board game group and the way i countered that was by just forcing anyone who was going to show up to play twilight imperium with me I love Twilight Imperium. All the stereotypes are true. It does take eight hours. But it is it is my favorite game. I absolutely love that. And the fact that it does take like eight full hours to play through a game means that everyone who is playing is going to be invested in the game the entire time. Because this is what we're doing. So you're not going to get out of it.
1: Yeah, and that's a game that's been on my list for... God, as long as I've known about it from you, which at this point has <laughs> I, seriously. I mean, I, w- yeah. I I moved to Milwaukee almost six years ago, and I know we were talking about it even before I moved down here. So for over six years, I've been waiting. Like God, I need to play this game. But that's the thing: is you need to either that's going to be the only game you play that night, or you got to start Saturday afternoon, and you know everybody's got to have morning. well, right, right, and you everybody's got to have that time available. Um, to play it. So, um, you know, that's one that's on my list that I'm just dying to play that I haven't had a chance to yet. So I really, really look forward to the first time I can sit down and play that because the the people who are, you know, kind of diehard board gamers, um, and like a lot of the same things I like just sing the praises of that game, you know, left and right. So I am super fucking excited to play that.
0: Yeah, and I have not heard a critique from anybody about that game other than it takes all day. So what?
1: Yeah, that is... fucking man up, play the game. Yeah,
0: but that I think that speaks. I I think that speaks to the game design and quality that it's. Well, if your only critique is that it takes longer, they're not bitching like, oh, uh, this species is unbalanced or it's unrealistic that you know the yeah. troop transports can't really participate in combat as much as like you know. Uh, fighters are soaking up hit points and damage and blah, 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 blah. It's, no, that's never the complaint because the complaint is always just this game takes too long and that complaint is by people who never play it. Everyone who does play it and has finished the game goes, yeah, I'll play that again sometime.
1: Yeah, like, oh, holy shit, we're done already?
0: <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, it, it, it just doesn't feel as long as it actually is. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the whole point. It's not supposed to. <laughs> um so yeah i guess um unless there's anything else you'd like to specifically cover for that we can move on to the next topic here
0: um well in your notes i do have other things to complain yeah about. go
1: for it man we're this is this is a therapy this, session
0: this yeah this episode will just be schnell and nelson hate games
1: <laughs> i like it
0: <laughs> just a couple yeah, of crabby old
1: men just Walker uh
0: the other thing legacy style games
1: ah uh, yes legacy
0: style games upset me probably irrationally just because in the back of my mind i think hey if i'm going to spend 40 50 60 dollars 120 on a board game i would in theory like to be able to play this game a billion times yep because justifying the expense of games i usually go based off of okay, how many times do I think I can play it? How many hours of fun am I going to get out of this game? With legacy-style games, especially uh, like Time Stories, I've bought and I have not cracked open yet because everything I've read, everything I've heard is once you play the game, there is no replay value replay value is one of the most important factors of a game for me when i'm making a decision of what i want to play what i want to buy and when i'm told outright it's hey when you buy this you get to play it one time sure you can play through all 10 missions or all six missions or whatever comes in the base game and then you're done you'll have to buy expansions if you'd like to keep playing that's the you know the please insert a quarter to continue or like download this you know dlc crap that you know has been plaguing video games and other stuff and bringing that to the world of board games upsets me because board games are how i get away from video games that piss me off
1: <laughs> yeah no i agree with you um you know i think of like like pandemic legacies what is that that's like one a month right so there's 12 times you can play that game and then it's over because you've used the stickers you've yeah. used the whatever if i'm see if i'm if i and i think Sorry, if I'm going to look at a a leg- a game that's got legacy mechanics to it, um I want to g- yeah, man, I fucking spent, you know, 200 bucks or whatever the fuck I spent on it. I give me a game like Gloomhaven then where it's going to take me fucking 2 years to play through. Yeah. You
0: know? See, and that's that's my that's my counter argument to the uh the legacy style if it has a good campaign because like, you and I are in a D&D campaign right now with other friends. Yep. And Dungeons and & Dragons is wonderful in that you start with the character and he grows and he explores and he does whatever the hell. And every single thing you do builds on that character, builds on that experience. Yep. Sure, it might not be fun to play the same campaign again, knowing what happens. But there's enough material out there. Like Mice & Mystics. I'm absolutely loving Mice and & Mystics. And I've had, I think I've had three different games going now. I've have replayed the first two sessions with three different groups of players, and it's been fun each time because nothing about the game is irrecoverably uh, uh, it like permanently changed by you yeah. playing it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still enough there's still enough randomly generated elements to it that replay value is there. I'm excited to crack open the rest of Gloomhaven and punch out the 45 pounds of cardboard that I've purchased <laughs> and figure out what that one's all about but that's another one that it's it's a campaign so i want a dedicated group of campaigners to play with me
1: right exactly and that's that's how i feel about it so i have i've had it as long as you've had it you know we got it at the same time i've got everything punched out i've got it all sorted i've got it all bagged i've got it all ready to go but i haven't found a group of at least f- like 3 4 or 5 other people who i know i can count on to play this with me you know every couple of weeks and you know, yeah, we could do it for the podcast, but guess what? <laughs> we're going to be playing that game for fucking 3 years then because we're also going to play yeah. other things. Our podcast is not Gloomhaven. It could be, we could start <laughs> we could we could have a side project and it could be all Gloomhaven, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh god. Because Maybe. that's just how it is, you know, but I think about, you know, Mice and Mystics. I'm having a ton of fun with it. I like how we're serializing it and like we're constantly releasing it, but we're also kind of breaking it up. Um, so that there's a little bit of flavor in between. I look forward to doing the same thing with Dragonfire um, at some oh, point. Oh, yeah,
0: that's another fun one.
1: And I, I look forward to um, doing the same thing with Sword and Sorcery as well, because I've played... You know, we together, we didn't release it as an episode or anything, but we played through the first chapter of Sword and Sorcery, and I, I enjoyed the hell out of that one, and I'd, I'd really like to get back, you know, eventually at some point, playing through that, so... Oh man, this Mexican lager, Wild Delicious, is making me burp like a motherfucker.
0: Um, I was gonna say I didn't know if <laughs> that was an audio issue or you were cutting out or what. <laughs> burp, nope that's burp, just that's burp.
1: just the lager. Um, Fair enough. Yeah no so yeah I'm with you man. Legacy games if they're not something that I'm going to get a ton of replay value out of or that you know doesn't have a story that keeps me engaged and lasts for a while. I'm not going to fucking waste my time with it. I like Pandemic. Pandemic is a blast. Have I bought Pandemic Legacy? Nope. Am I going to? Probably not, you know. Cause I can yeah. play that game twelve times, one for each month, and then it's fucking over. Or it's not, yeah. and it's ooh, but you gotta buy this expansion. You know, it's like that, yeah. that fucking car Please that, buy
0: more stickers. Yeah, it's
1: like that car insurance commercial where they had that old guy with the fucking dollar bill at the end of the fishing line and oh you almost got it, you know, like whoa, you know, <laughs> it gotta be quicker, like oh you must you know. <laughs> so yeah, no, I gotta be quicker I'm than that. that, for sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. Well, and I don't necessarily know that it's a cash grab, necessarily. Well, I, I want to give them the benefit but of the doubt. It it's not be. just... Like, I have no evidence. Other other than... Yeah, other than, f- other than faith in the industry, I, I have no reason to believe... Yeah, that, uh, yeah.
1: I mean, ca- yeah, capitalism, baby, I get it. But, get it. Get but at the same money time, money. like... I hope. I want to... And I don't know, maybe it's completely fucking naive, but I want to think that the idea behind it was, hey... This is kind of a cool serialized way to play this game. It's a different spin, uh, a different flavor of this game that we know a lot of people like, and we'll see if they like it. Right? I I I, I don't think it was done with some sort of, yeah. um, you know, like diabolical <laughs> intention where it's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna just screw people out of their money. But I don't think it's <laughs> as good as it's chalked up to be for some of the games. Yeah. You know, again, we've mentioned some where, yeah, fuck it, I'll buy that game and play it because even though it's a a, a legacy type game, I'm going to get a ton of value for the for the money and time and effort that I invest in this game. Um, yeah, it's more about it's more about the campaign
0: and if the game is more about your character growing than right. just putting stickers on the board, then I'm for it. If it's character, if it's character growth versus, yeah, well, and you
1: know, you mentioned our, our D and D game earlier and it's like, okay, so I'm going to buy the, the five E player's guide and I'm going to spend, you know, 40, 50 bucks, whatever it is to get this awesome hardcover book. Well, oh my God, you know, I, I was reading online where people are bitching about the price point of this book and it's like, are you serious? Do you know how long a D and D campaign takes? Like. You're going to get – and you're going to constantly be referencing this thing, especially if you're playing yeah. a spellcaster because you're going through all the spells. You know, you got to check what your race does. You got – so if it's like that, it's worth the investment,
0: you know. Well, and if you compare it to a movie, if you compare it to a, yep. a new video game, all new video games are 60 bucks. Yeah. Play time out of them. What, 20, 20 hours on average? Right. Some some much longer, some much, much shorter. But if you work out the okay it's uh 49.95 MSRP for a player's handbook and I can get 6 years yeah, worth of right. play out of it before a new edition comes out. That's a pretty right, good cost breakdown. But that gets well, right. that and gets I'm into the different psychology now that we're of delaying gratification about like, legacy and, games you know, and people stuff asking like that more works. money for different <laughs>
1: games and then I'm thinking about how many different copies of Skyrim I own. <laughs> And I've just completely uh, well, it's Skyrim. Like, oh my god, now it's out on PS4. Oh my god, Skyrim VR's out, and I have a PSVR. I gotta get Skyrim VR. You know, like I haven't gotten Skyrim VR yet, but I have a buddy who's who loves it. So someday, someday when it's on sale, I, I do. But I'll pick it up when it's on when it's on sale when it's not the full price that I paid six months before for the remastered. Full. But hey, at least when I picked it up for PS4, it had all the expansions.
0: um yes speaking speaking of price points costs motivations video game comparisons what are your thoughts on kickstarter based board
1: games i uh, you know i i think i I like them um i guess i like them when they're done by people who i don't question their scruples or their morals right so I think about like Gloomhaven, right? Or I think about, and I I, I like okay. the fact that you know what I'm gonna pledge a certain dollar amount to this because I think the concept is cool. I want to support indie creators. I it seems like a really fun game, right? Uh, so I like the fact that I can pledge that money at no risk, right? If they don't hit their funding goal, well, then I'm not paying for anything. If they hit it, well, sweet, yeah. they're gonna do it, and then I have to get my my product, or you know, they're on the hook for refunding me so you know there's there's safety nets in play i like it because it is a way for people who don't have connections to big time publishers um or who don't get their game picked up you know be it at a at a convention or somewhere else um you know i'm i'm all for it i i i say go for it man if you if you can do it and you are someone who um You're you're a creator, your heart's in the right place, you truly want to get this content out because you believe in your idea and you want to see your game and your fan base grow, go for it. I will support you a hundred times. That's that's my thought on it. Um, What what do you think about it?
0: (laughs) Counterpoint to that. I have the issue with Kickstarter in the same reason why I don't pre-order games at GameStop. Uh, It's, you are giving money to some, yeah, I view it in the exact same way. You are giving money to somebody on the promise that they might deliver a quality product. Even if they don't, they already have your money. Yes, it's difficult for game publisher, or uh, to get in contact with game publishers and to get something made. However, it's clearly not impossible because look at the market right now for board games. There are... What like half a million board games indexed currently yeah, like on that. Board Game Geek, something like that. Yep, there are a ton. I mean, hell, here in Wisconsin, like just a few a uh, few hours from the both of us in Madison, there's a company that will print games yep. on demand for you. All you have to do is upload the information. There are ways of getting your uh, getting your product created and getting it tested to make sure that it's a quality product. I think it floods the market with, "Hey, this could be really, really cool." I'm going to give you fifty bucks now, and maybe in a year or two, sure. you And give I me something get that. that I, I hope mean, is there's as definitely cool a risk inherent
1: is. in that. Um, and I think maybe my answer and my thought behind it, it might be a little too quick to assume the 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 good in people or the honesty in people, or you know what, even the fucking creative drive in people, because you know it could be somebody who. In, yeah. in the beginning they've got this great fucking idea this game's gonna be really cool it has all this promise but then they get they get funded and then they get lazy you know um, so yeah it's definitely yeah. risky. Um, so I, I I can see both sides of the coin you know I'm you've definitely got me looking at the other side of my initial answer to you. Um, I think it could be good and bad yeah my my other
0: issue. Yeah. My other issue when it comes to Kickstarters, and I, I have this viewpoint both as an individual and as a game store owner, I always yes. try to support the local game stores because local game stores are the reason why most of the stuff is around. I don't want Amazon to put out every small business. And, you know, when people use a game store as basically a showroom and then they buy it online for, you know, what, 20 bucks cheaper, just because it's a little bit cheaper there. It's you're, you're missing out on a service to the industry and a quality behind it because now with Kickstarter, when people are, you know, they get their games funded, well, you just buy it directly from them or it goes to Amazon where it becomes impossible for... Yeah, no, that's true too. Companies. And I also, you know, to
1: kind of piggyback on what you're saying about local game stores, you know, I, I think especially since I, you know, when I'm in the area, I live in yours is the way that, you know, you can go to your local game store and all these games that are on display, chances are there's a fucking play there's a there's a, a play copy of it. So you can actually sit down and play it and test it out before you buy it. But there are people who, like you said, they'll go in, treat it like a car showroom, yeah. and then they're gonna go buy their fucking cheap, you know, whatever off the internet. And it's it hurts local businesses and people who are People who are really enthusiastic about yeah. building a community of players and gamers and who really want to show you, you know, how to play these games, how to become a part of this community. And for me, that's – oh, God, this lager is just making me burp. <laughs> Still, um, for, for me, <laughs> that's one of the draws to playing games, board games, you know, magic that's 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 why I've been playing Magic for, you know, 20 years or whatever it's been now is the, the sense of community. And you get that with board games as well. You get that with people who yeah. are also into video games. And it's just this whole social aspect of it where maybe you're not playing it with the same people all the time. But if you've had that experience, it's an experience you can share with other people who've also had the experience. You know, the same thing with... Um, you know again to bring bring dungeons and dragons back into this it's you know i i never met joe's brother before but suddenly i'm playing a game with him once twice sometimes three times a week and i feel like i've known the guy forever and really i don't even know him i know his fucking dnd character yeah. you know what i mean so that sense of community <laughs> if, if if people are you know, who doesn't want to save money on shit, right? People are always looking for ways to save money. I get it. But save money on your fucking groceries yeah. or something, you know, buy off-brand there and support your local businesses, whether they're game stores or I don't know, fucking jewelry stores, clothing stores, whatever. Support local businesses, you know? And that's that's kind of the that's that's yeah. another really good point. You know, once these things leave Kickstarter, well Amazon's going to buy a thousand copies and then they're going to sell them 20 30 40 bucks cheaper than what you can buy them for at an lgs and then you're just hurting those people and putting them out of business which yeah which sucks yeah you certainly have a (laughs) agreed a very unique perspective into that one (laughs) (sighs) yes as somebody who is raised in a game store and then raised up a game store you know anything else under that topic
0: uh, we are crotchety old men. About
1: a lot of stuff today.
0: <laughs> it's fine, <laughs> and that's fine. Angry, angry. Pe- that's right. Because we angry, yell louder than people other get people. more <laughs> attention. I think, as per the rules of the
1: internet. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> I think you're a dumb fucking idiot.
1: Scrabble is the greatest. Scrabble's the greatest uh, game ever. That's a nightmare. I think we've done a lot of a lot of bitching, a lot of good conversing, and I think to. Uh, transition to start to close things out for this episode i think we should move to a few of our favorite things and since this podcast opens up with us talking about beers all the time i i, I think we should uh talk about our favorite beers do you do you have a favorite beer Ooh. like your go-to i could fucking drink this anytime any day this is this is my this is my baby this is my beer <laughs>
0: <laughs> um probably milwaukee brewing company's outboard it's a cream ale, and it is fantastic. I, I I like it because it's flavorful. I like it because it's smooth, and it's not, I don't know the ABV off the top of my head, but if given the opportunity between anything and That's that, your go-to, huh? I will take, I will take Outboard. <clears throat> Follow, uh, followed closely by Louise Demise. If I'm at a bar that does not have craft beers, you know, if I'm in those dark, Non hipster beers, hipster bars. Uh, Guinness, <laughs> Guinness is always. Guinness is also yep, smooth. Yeah, that's smooth mine
1: food. too. Yeah, if I'm somewhere that doesn't have, you know, a craft selection, which is kind of hard to find nowadays, which is good because that means I'm not just drinking fucking rice water. Um, you know, I I will and go I, I will say, go with Guinness the, for the sure. The
0: craft beer, craft beers is that desire to support local quality, you know, product.
1: There there's no beer Kickstarter right, right now. It's right, exactly. And it's just better because it's not mass produced. It's not like <laughs> how watered down can we get this to squeeze yeah. every dollar that we put in to maximize every dollar that we get when we sell it. Um yeah, I mean my go to beer, um I, I I'll drink outboard. I, I like it. It's uh but if I had to pick my favorite beer. It's definitely uh, my go-to is Louis Demise. Uh, it's the first craft beer I've, oh, yeah. I've ever had from a true craft brewery. Um, the The brewery tour at no. Milwaukee Brewing Company is second to none. Mostly, when you yeah. walk out, you don't remember even being there in the first place. Um, for I've 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 recommended it to. Probably dozens of people
0: at this point. And I always say, I've done it, I think, five times. I know jack shit about the brewing process. It's, it's the best
1: $10 you'll ever spend in your life. Um, oh it's God, a great God. tour. The tour guides are hilarious. They're good people. It's a cool It's a cool building. All the equipment's really cool. There's some cool stories about, like, the Partridge fucking family, you know, that come up during the tour. Um, <laughs> and it's just great beer. Louis Demise is definitely my go-to, um, you know... It's, it's in my top and then five. I'd have to go with uh, also one of their new beers. Uh, actually, their newest beer, their uh, MKE IPA. It's it's really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, and it, <laughs> I,
0: I, and not being a big IPA guy, I, I like that it's one It's really well. good. That's I like – Hop
1: Happy is really yeah. good too. Um, there's a restaurant down from, from where Sarah and I live um, that specifically when you order Hop Happy at their restaurant – the bartenders take a grinder and they grind fresh hops into your glass. And then you, and then you pour the beer into the glass and the hops sit on top. So that's like, that's my favorite (laughs) treat when I go to Juniper 61, um, which is like our favorite restaurant. Um, but yeah, anything from Milwaukee brewing. I was going
0: to say that sounds like a, that sounds like a hipster craft beer
1: Sunday or something. It really, it really does. Uh, it's, it goes well with their brunch. Imagine that. Um, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, <weird. laughs> um, but anything from Milwaukee Brewing mm-hmm. Company is you. just you probably haven't heard of <laughs> it's it. it's too new it's too new, um yeah yeah Milwaukee Brewing Company is definitely definitely my jam. Um, I, I'm trying to think what else um, I like. I, City Lights okay. City Lights is another great craft brewery. Third Space. There's so many. That's one of the beautiful things about living in Milwaukee is there's so many craft breweries down here. Um, one place that I'm really looking forward to going though is my, my, and my dad's told me this, you've talked about it, uh, Nichols, my brother, so many people talk about it is Skull in Manitowoc. I need to get there. I need to try some of their beer because I've just heard how good (laughs) it is. And it's so cool that there's a, a craft brew pub in Manitowoc of all places. You know what I mean? Like. You don't really expect yeah. it to be there. It's there. They're doing insane business and everybody shits themselves over all their beers. So I'm really excited to to get up there um, and and try their beers. That's definitely a place that I'll have to probably, um, you know, get a growler from just to bring it home and be, you know, that's like a, <laughs> other people when they come to visit me, it's a treat to go to Milwaukee Brewing or Lakefront or any of these other places. But for me, it's going to be a treat to go back to where I came from because now that's expanded to up there too. It's, it's so cool. Like you were saying, you know, these, these yeah. local businesses, it, it's, it's awesome. So yeah, support them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, so that's favorite beers. How about, uh, to close it off? Let's how about favorite game? You got game games, any favorites, your, your, your go-tos.
0: Oh, uh, like I a twilight Imperium. If I can get the people for it, Nice. The people in the time, Twilight Imperium is always, always, always my thing. Um, I just learned how to play the other weekend, Twilight Struggle. Different setting oh, than Twilight you sent, Imperium.
1: You sent pictures, and that game looks awesome. That board was so cool. I <laughs> the, want to play that. The <laughs>
0: down, the downside of it is it's only a two-player game, but it is Soviets versus the United or well, Communists versus the United States, and it is all of the Cold War, early, mid, and late
1: that's awesome That's yeah. such a cool setting and concept and obviously that game a game that is themed that way is going to work best with two players uh, you know so. well
0: and 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 the mechanics are unique from based on a lot of the other stuff I've played and I've played a lot of the other stuff. Um, but I was just a huge fan of the way it worked out. My issues with the game are I have always been shitty at history. history and geography have always been my worst two subjects. Math, science, all the other crap, I can I can tell you how and why. Can't tell you where and when. Sure. That's my issues. But I did actually learn some stuff and I didn't figure out the game mechanics strategically until a couple of rounds in and I played as the Soviets. The Soviets get a very early game advantage and then slowly it swings to the U.S. player. Well, an experienced U.S. player can take advantage of that build... Or, well, exhibit a lot of influence over, or exert a lot of influence over different locations and make late game for the Soviets very, very difficult. It's not impossible for Soviets to win, but the game is designed to give a roughly, it's an equal chance, but certain things are going to go certain ways because historically that's how it went. But you can play around that. And I didn't know how to play around
1: that yet. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing that. Um all of the all the ways and well, I shouldn't say ways that's a terrible word choice all of the um mechanics and um you know aspects of the game that you've explained to me over the last few days just like it's like god that's a game that's going to let me fucking use my brain and you know <laughs> Yes. I, I, I like to think when I play, and I know some people, you know, oh, games are kind of an escape. I don't I don't want to think, right? You know, chess isn't for everybody. <laughs> and I get it. That's cool. Sometimes I like to play games where I don't have to do a lot of thinking. Like I think about um, you know, King of Tokyo. It's it's a game that's a lot of fun. It's a game that I can't play a ton of in a short amount of time because it, I get burnt out on it easily. But it's it's candy, it's not a meal. Thank you. Exactly. So yeah. I would love... To, I love playing that. You know, my my younger cousins who are 9 and 10 years old just think it's the coolest game ever. And it's really fun to play with them because seeing these different games through the eyes of, you know, children is... It's, it's fun. It's cool. So that's a cool different way to change up the pace. But again, I'm looking for games that are like Twilight Struggle, Twilight Imperium, Magic. You know, I want to play games where I have um, to think... <laughs> They come unseen. Looking looking
0: at my looking at my mini board game shelf behind me, not my main board game shelf downstairs. um, Scythe is one of my new
1: favorites as well. That is on my list. Scythe is unbelievable.
0: (laughs) It because there's no dice rolls. Yeah, and it's it's all the strategy of Risk, no dice rolls. It's all the resource management of Catan, no dice rolls. No
1: robber. They got. (laughs) Well, you technically you well you can't be the robber, but if you roll a seven, there's no robber. Um, well, there's no dice rolls. True.
0: Yeah, no. Pure strategy, pure planning.
1: One of the things, too, pure. that I love about Scythe was it's just, it, it's one of those games where you sit down and you look at it and you're like, oh my God, this is daunting. Like, all these rules, oh God, yes. all this bullshit. Like, seriously, how are we ever going to get this done? But two rounds into it, it's like you've been playing it for fucking 10 years. It's It's awesome. Yeah. It's, 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 Layered and it's complex, but I don't mean complex in a negative way because it's also very accessible and easy to pick up, and I don't mean that in a yes. negative way either. Where it's like, well, this is <laughs> fucking boring. I don't want to do this. You know, it's well, but that's that's one of the elements of game design is
0: ease of entry. How you know what's the point of a game if nobody can figure out how to play it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the most complicated game in the world, nobody's gonna play, regardless of how fun it might be once you figure it out. You need a game that is actually teachable and learnable.
1: Right, exactly. And that's a another game that I have on here is um, One of my favorite games is, is Ion. I mean, it's super simple to pick yeah. up. I loved chemistry in college. I just think Ion is such a quick, easy, fun game. It's uh, almost mindless in a sense if you... Have a decent chemistry background in that you kind of have the concept of, you know, cations, anions, you know, whatever, how chemical bonding works, this, that, and the other thing. And um, it's a.
0: But at the same time, you don't need to know any no, of that to not actually at all. Play the game, you could just nice. fucking
1: put shit together and boom, there you go. You know. Um, but I like that there are the cards out for certain rounds where it's like, okay, here's what's going to get you bonus points. And those are obviously actual chemical compounds. Um mm-hmm. but you know and like we talked about earlier Secret Hitler that is just one of my all-time favorite games. I could play that game for hours <laughs> and I have and I will again so many times because <laughs> I've seen me do it. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's a game that I really look forward to um with with Junior's bachelor party coming up soon. You know, there oh, there yeah. are a couple people who are coming that You know, some of them are are RPG guys. They're Pathfinder and D&D guys. Some of them aren't really game guys in general. But I think once we sit down at a table, everybody's got some beers, and we start playing that, that's just going to make the night fucking fly by because that game is just that fun. And we we played it, you know, like I said before, at Sausage Fest 017. And (laughs) there there are a couple guys in our, our friends group that they'll play board games, but they're not big board game guys. But all of a sudden two rounds into that, they were the ones who kept going, no, we need to play again. Another round, go again, (laughs) you know, like they were just as excited as, you know, you, me and Joe who are more of the board game enthusiasts. So yeah, God, secret Hitler. So good. (laughs) (laughs) And I've, I've also got, obviously I sing the praises of this game. Every chance I can magic is one of my favorite games as well. Um, and then I, I added a Betrayal at Baldur's Gate because I love D&D and I love the aspect of the Betrayal series. I know this is one that isn't necessarily your favorite game, um, but I... I might have to just play it more, I think, to get past
0: my issue of pre, pre-haunt or pre-betrayal or whatever. Sure. Just there, It doesn't feel like there's much, much substance to the yeah, game. Yeah, you're going through the motions until ha- the
1: meat of the game gets triggered.
0: Yeah, because yeah. there's no way to prepare your character. There's no way to, like, actually seek out and look for, okay, well, I'm going to deal with this, so I need to find this item or I need to improve myself in this aspect. It's wander around, wander around, wander around. Okay, now the game has started.
1: Yeah, right. It's like, what am I doing for the first hour? Yeah. What's What's the point to all of this? What is the meaning of life? Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree. I mean, that's kind of a hump to get over Uh, or i can see it it didn't bother me as much but i can see why it would be a hump to get over um you know for some people so i i totally understand um in in that regard um i think the only other game that i have in my list of favorites that we haven't well we touched on briefly earlier but we haven't touched on in this particular segment if you will um is shadows over camelot i just oh yeah that's another game where there's a lot of layers that add complexity, but there's still a, a huge level of accessibility. I, I like games, and I guess I could put Lords of Waterdeep in this too, where it's a oh, that's a good one. It's a that's a good it's one. a fun board game for people who are more you know aficionados, if you will. But it's also an entry point where if I'm if we've got someone yeah. at game night who's not a big gamer, but is like, man, I I, I want to play. What are some of your favorite games? I'm not going to throw them into the most complex board game I can think of. I want something that's going to be fun that they're going to have to kind of. I don't want I don't want Monopoly, Clue, Scrabble, you <laughs> know. But I but I don't want Twilight Imperium for a player like that. So yeah. I look at games like Shadows Over Camelot and I'm like, okay, this is a game that I can have a ton of fun with, but I can also teach someone while still having all that fun, and I think they're going to have just as much fun.
0: Yes, and that's something that's kind of a tricky line to walk, is something that's going to be entertaining,
1: but also entertaining on the first playthrough for a new player. Yep, exactly. And something that I think is going to sink its claws into them enough to make them come back for more. Whether it's that game or they're like, "Ooh, I want to play something kind of similar," you know, and that's where, yeah, that's you know, a lot of people use Catan as kind of that first, you know, gateway drug or that first step because into... it's
0: it's simple and it's accessible.
1: Yep, but I think. but there's layers to that as well, you know. But like you said, they're simple, accessible layers. It's not, you know, Colonel Mustard in the conservatory <laughs> with the candlestick. Yeah, but you're not politicking for four hours you know doing all these other things so yeah and it's also got you know different aspects of all the different things that are fun about more complex games there's resource management there's strategy in building your settlement there's the longest road there's the biggest army you know there's all these different aspects of it when do
0: you, when do you trade and how do you decide what's good to trade <laughs> right
1: exactly exactly which yeah. which kind of levels so, you know levels you up if you will to go into something more like Terraforming Mars, or um, I'm tr- uh, or Scythe, you know, things like that. Like, yeah. I wouldn't turn around and get... When someone says, oh, I want to start playing board games, I'm not going to give them Scythe right away, you know? I'll give them... I might, actually. I, I might go Catan first and then Scythe, but I think... Yeah, yeah. And, and depending on what I think this person's interest level is going to be, you know, if it's somebody who I think is going to be overwhelmed and be like, nah, fuck that, I might wait on that one. And give them Catan as an entry, but I I think there are definitely some people who, you know, you could be like, oh yeah, no, let's play Scythe, and if that's their first game, they might be a little might feel overwhelmed initially. But just like when I played it for the first time, those feelings of being overwhelmed are going to dissipate very quickly, and then you're going to be like, wait, I was ever overwhelmed <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. it's just not overwhelming after you get into it. It just melts yeah. away. So.
0: Okay. So, I think we're out of time here. I think this is a good stopping point. Uh, I would like to do one more of these discussions, if possible.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So, uh, we're going to call it for this evening. We will pick it up again with part two of our discussion, uh, probably after They Come Unseen is released. Sounds good to me. Okay. So... Thank you for listening. If you guys are interested in more conversation-style episodes, feel free to message us at beardgamers.com or beardgamers at gmail.com or facebook.com slash beardgamers or wherever podcasts are
1: sold. Sounds good to me. Until next time, I'm Nelson. I'm Schnell. And thank you for listening.
0: (laughs) Beardgamers.com. I like it.